to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast again today. Welcome to 2019. And uh, this is the first episode of 2019, and I'm excited. I am looking forward to what God has prepared for us in this new year. Um, I've got my faith out for big things, and not just that, but I am setting goals, making plans, and getting my strategies from the Holy Spirit to make sure this is the greatest year that we've ever seen, and that's key. I wanted to take a minute and talk about the fact that that is key. You can't just say, well, I have faith that this is going to be the greatest year I've ever seen. There's got to be some sort of supernatural strategy that you attach to your faith. Faith without works is dead, the Bible says. So what are you going to do in 2019 to ensure that this is the greatest year that you've ever seen. And we're already putting things together in our ministry, making notes, making goals, setting strategies to make sure this will be the greatest year that our ministry has ever seen and that we've ever seen personally. And that's why today in the uh, this Worship Wednesday episode, I wanted to do uh, this topic on nine easy ways to take your worship to the next level because you've got to have a strategy. You know, those of you that are worshipers uh, that listen to this podcast every single week, uh, you can't just say, well, I just believe we're going to do better this year. We're going to have a, a better year of worship than we've ever had. There's got to be a strategy. And that's what I wanted to do to help you today. I wanted to provide you with a strategy or a roadmap for 2019 so you can take these um predetermined steps to ensure that your team will definitely go to the next level uh, in this year. So I'm going to give you nine things today, and I understand that maybe you won't uh, be able to necessarily incorporate all nine of them, although I believe you can. Um, that I've put together this list, and I honestly believe that it's possible Uh, That's why I said they're easy ways. I really believe that every one of you can incorporate all of these things this year and see your worship team go to the next level. And uh, you can go to the next level personally in worship uh, by covering these nine. So I want you to take notes, put some of these things down, and then I want to hear from you guys. I want you to give me some feedback um, on on uh, how these will apply in your team, uh, with, with your players, your singers, your church, and I want to hear some of the things that you're planning to do. So send me a message on Instagram. Uh, my username is at Ted Shuttlesworth or Twitter at T Shuttlesworth. You can also send me an email, Ted at miracleword.com. Love to hear from you guys and um, and get this conversation going about how we're going to go higher uh, in this new year. Because you know as well as I do, it's God's desire for you to increase steadily until Jesus returns. So let's jump into this le- list today of the nine easy ways to take your worship to the next level in 2019. Number one, um, this is something that we incorporated from an early, early stage, um, even before we had uh, a church building, really, but we were holding services, and that is start your services 
and start your practices by praying in the spirit uh, as a group, praying in tongues as a group. Um, and I don't mean start your service, meaning the first thing at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning is you everybody praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm saying before your team ever goes out onto the platform, um, you know, have some sort of a green room or a room where you can bring all your team together, join hands, get together, get into a spirit of unity, and everybody begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in tongues before you start your service. Do the same before you start your practices. Everybody get together, pray in the spirit. Um, you might think that that's, you know, some people say, well, you know, we have limited time. You don't understand that getting into a spirit of unity and stirring up your faith are the most important things when you're activating the gift that God's put in your life. Um, we always did this. We would get together and we'd pray. We'd get our spirits right. Because here's what happens many times. People will come in and especially for practices and during the week, People are coming in from work, you know, dealing with people. Many times there's things that the enemies try to do or even just that you'll experience in the world that have tried to uh, set your spirit askew, if you will, get your attitude in the wrong place, get your mindset in the wrong place. And praying in the spirit, according to the teaching of Apostle Paul, he said that what it does is it actually it's you encouraging yourself in the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he teaches that. He says that someone who is praying in the spirit is edifying or encouraging himself. So you understand that by praying in the spirit, you're encouraging yourself. You are uh, taking your spirit back, you know, encouraging your mind, encouraging your body, putting yourself to the next level. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Jude, verse 20, that you are building up your most holy faith when you pray in the spirit. So I encourage you start your practices and start your, before you start your services, get the team together and pray in the Holy Ghost and stir up your faith, get yourself ready for what God's about to do. And really, as you start to establish that spirit of unity within your team, like never before, watch and see the fluidity that you have in worship. Watch and see how things easily break through in worship uh, as you get everybody on the same page, everybody into the spirit of unity. And uh, I know that I might have some questions on this point where some people may say, well, you know, what do I do um, if I've got people in my band or that are people that are singing that are not yet filled with the Holy Ghost? And so they may feel awkward. Everybody else is praying in tongues. They're not praying in, in, in tongues or don't have yet have the ability to pray in tongues. Um, number one, let me just say by faith, uh, they may get filled with the spirit while you're there praying with them. You know, they, the Holy spirit may fill them with the Holy ghost in those times of prayer. But secondly, I would have just encouraged them say, listen, if you're not yet filled with the spirit, pray in your known language and just thank God and ask him to use you mightily in this service. Ask him to, um, you know, help you control your thoughts and take every thought into captivity, make it obey Christ and to set your mind on things above, to, uh, to stir you up, to do what you've been called to do, anoint your hands to play, anoint your voice to sing, um, and encourage them to pray like that in their known language, you know, if they're not yet filled with the Holy Ghost. But the key here is getting everybody on the same page and everybody stirred up and ready to worship at another level. And I'm telling you, when you, there's nothing that will kill the flow of your worship faster than disunity on the platform and disunity in the team. Division is a killer. 
Division is a massive killer and it will stop you from being able to flow like you're called to flow. In fact, you know, God even understands the power of division. And I remember reading in Genesis chapter six, how God used that uh, power of division to destroy evil plans. Uh, If you remember the story of the Tower of Babel, the Bible says that people came from the east and settled and began to build it. They, they made up in their minds and said, we're going to build a tower into the heavens. If you read the story through more thoroughly, you'll find that it was, um, these were people that worshiped the sky, the stars. They were into astrology, all those different kinds of things. And they were going to build a tower that was dedicated to that type of pagan worship. And God said they're in such unity that they'll be able to accomplish anything they put their minds to or their hearts to. So understand that God recognized the power of unity, even in these evil people. And he said, I've got to go down and confuse their languages. And God used confusion to destroy evil plans of evil people. That, but, but here's what you see on the flip side of that, is that the devil will use division and confusion to try to destroy the plans of God's people and what God wants to be done. So everything you can do within your power to remove division and disunity on your teams is going to take you to another level. And I believe getting into spiritual synchronization, if you will, by praying in the Holy Ghost and getting on the same page will take your team to another level. It'll take the excitement. It'll take the expectancy. It'll take the faith level. Everything's going up when you begin to do that. So that's number one, start your practices. And before every service, praying in the Holy Spirit. Number two is more of a practical side. And um, this list is going to be back and forth between spiritual tips and practical tips. Number two is a practical one, and that is get your team on a click track um, for when you're playing these songs and you're doing stuff, Uh, whether that be a straight up metronome click track where you're just hearing the clicks or whether that be a percussion track where you have um, you know, shakers and, uh, all, you know, different percussion elements that are playing, you know, wood blocks, shakers, um, you know, muted snares and kicks, whatever it might be. And the reason I say this is because this will put your team's skill level to another place and it will also um, really, really tighten up your worship team. Um, you may not be doing this yet as far as playing with your team with a click track or or a percussion track. And if you're not used to this, let me just give you a heads up and tell you that it is much easier. If you're going to be transitioning into this, you're not yet doing it. It's much easier to play to a percussion track than it is a straight up click track. You know, if you've ever heard like a metronome when you're, maybe you took piano lessons or something when you were younger and you remember they would actually set the met an actual metronome. And it would go back and forth and you'd have to practice your instrument and you just hear the, you know, and you have to stay on that. It's actually much harder to stay on a metronome than it is a percussion track. So uh, I encourage you and you can easily get these They're They're very easily gotten. Um, and I'll give you a couple of solutions here. Even if you're just going to start by doing it in your practices, until people get comfortable enough doing it that they can do it in a live service. Many keyboards, um, you know, for years have have drum 
patterns built into the keyboards. And um, if you look at any really keyboard that's worth anything, uh, it will have these, you know, in fact, I recommended to you at Worship Summit last year, the Yamaha MX series keyboards because they're extremely affordable. They have over um, a thousand different sounds inside the keyboards, um, but they also have hundreds of drum patterns that are built into the keyboard. And um, there's so many keyboards that have drum patterns built in. If you had to, you know, if you didn't know any other way, you know, just find one of those drum patterns uh, that would work as a percussion track um, and turn it on and set it to the tempo of the song that you're playing and have your band or your or yeah your, your worship team or your band practice doing the song to that percussion track or that drum track. Have your drummer practice playing with that percussion or drum track as well. Um, but just as easily, you can find these online. Um, you, can, you can download percussion tracks. Uh, and we'll get into this in just a minute because I'm going to give you another suggestion. But what will happen is that your, your tempo will not be all over the place. I've been to so many church services where um, you know, the worship team starts a song and, and while they're in one song, the tempo goes up like 15 beats per minute and then down 15 beats per minute. So they're speeding up and they're slowing down. The tempo is all over the place. Um, and that can be distracting in, in an extreme situation. But, you know, playing to a percussion track, playing to a click track will ensure that your worship tightens way up and uh, you, you become much more organized. And w- another thing that it'll do, by the way, is it causes your musicians to get better um, in, in playing their instruments. I always tell people this, especially if you're at home practicing your instrument, it does, I don't care, you know, how great of chops that you develop, you know, whether you're a guitar player, p- keyboard player, whatever you are, uh, it doesn't matter how great, the chops and licks that you can do are unless you can do them in time. And what I mean by that is you could sit and practice or run on the guitar or a run on the keyboard or, you know, all these different things or a fill on the drums, but it doesn't matter if you can do that. If you can't play it in time or tempo with the song, you know, because, you know, if, if you can just pick your way through it, you'll never be able to use it in a live setting or a recording setting. So I always tell people practice to a metronome. It's, it's pretty pointless to, to practice things uh, without any time signature behind it. You need to practice to a metronome, practice to a percussion track and get used to playing to a steady um, pattern at a tempo so that you can bring that tightness in. So I always encourage people uh, grab a, you know, you could always turn a click track on. That's super easy to get. Buy or find percussion tracks. You can even make percussion tracks now. Like if you have a keyboard with a sequencer in it, you can make percussion tracks. Uh, if you have GarageBand on your Macintosh. In fact, if you have if you have an iPhone and you have GarageBand, um, which is a free application, I believe, you could make percussion tracks right in GarageBand on your phone um, or you could do it on your Mac. And you won't have to pay for any. And you can change the tempo and do it however you want. I would encourage you to do something like that. 
Uh, there are other, and I don't, I'm not going to take time to get into all of it. You can look, look it up for yourself on YouTube or on Google, but even if you have a PC, there are, there are free digital audio workstation programs that you can download that will allow you to do like recording and stuff on your computer, like audio recording. And, um, that will give you, uh, they'll give you, um, you know, virtual instruments like drum sets and stuff that you could make you could make um, uh, percussion tracks yourself. You know, you can look at things like Cubase or Nuendo or uh, Pro Tools Lite or LE, whatever they call it now, um, Studio One, FL Studio One. There's all kinds of DAW software that you could use to create these charts, or it's not charts, but these uh, tracks, percussion tracks and clicks. And I encourage you to do that. It'll take you to another level. But at the very least, if you don't want to do any of that and you just want to easily buy it and have it available to you. Um, this will go into tip number three. This is tip number three. Don't just incorporate clicks or percussion tracks with your team, but start to incorporate stems or backing tracks in your worship. That's number three. Start to incorporate stems. That's the technical term or backing tracks as they're sometimes called to your worship. This especially if you're in a smaller church with a smaller band, this will fill out your sound in a massive way. Um, what you do, you know, the, one of the places you can get these is, is a website called multitracks.com. Multitracks.com. And what you do, pretty much every famous, you know, on the radio worship and praise song that's out will be on this website for you to purchase. And when you purchase this, you're going to get all of the individual tracks um, or stems from that song that you can download. So what I mean by that is, let's say, for example, you downloaded um, a, a, a new Elevation Worship song or something like that. You're going to get every individual track that was recorded on that song as an individual file. So you'll get you know, all of the keyboard tracks, you know, like you might get four different keyboard stems. You'll get, you know, four to five different um, guitar stems, percussion stems, synth stems, drum stems, background vocal stems, um, plus a guide that's guiding you through the song, a vocal cue to guide you through the song that will tell you when to go into the chorus, verse, bridge, whatever, uh, and also a click track. So even if all you wanted to do was download the song, and just take the percussion track out of it and use it for your team, you could do that. Or what, I mean, obviously what everybody does that uses these is you remove from the stems what you already have playing live on the platform. So if you have a drummer and if you have a keyboard player and you have a guitarist and a bass player, four-piece band, then in the, in the backing tracks, you would remove the drummer, you would remove the lead piano, you would remove the one of the guitar tracks that your guitarist was going to play and you would remove the bass guitar track, but then everything else is going to also play with your band. So if they have three other guitar players on their stage playing, those guitar parts are still going to play. All the synths are still going to play behind you. The percussion tracks going to still play. Um, you go right through and, and it fills out your sound, but obviously 
in order to use those, your drummer has to be able to play to a percussion track and a click track, and your musicians have to be able to do that as well. So that's why I told you first, get your team on a click or a percussion track and then start using uh, and incorporating these stems into your worship sets. It will be a massive help to you um, as far as filling out your sound, and it'll also cause you to become that much better on your instrument. So number one, pray in the Holy Ghost. Number two, get on a click. Number three, get into incorporating stems and backing tracks into your worship. Number four, this is back to a spiritual principle again, and this I believe this one will help you a ton because I've been to so many um, churches that um, they either don't know that the songs that they're singing aren't scriptural or they just don't know how to go about exhorting people or encouraging people before a song. You've heard me do things on this podcast about that, but um, the fourth thing that I would tell you is match each new song that you're going to do at your church to scripture, match it to scripture. And what I mean by that is if you're going to start doing a new song, find the lyrics, you know, find out first of all, if it's quoting the Bible, if the lyrics are quoting the Bible somewhere. Um, but if they're not, and it's just a thought process, the scripture is a thought, the uh, song is a thought process, find scriptures in the Bible that back up the thought process of the song that you're learning. Um, For example, if it's a song about healing, but it's not actually quoting any healing scriptures, find the scriptures in the Bible that would back up the song that, that have to do with healing or deliverance or whatever it is, salvation. Find those scriptures. And and here's why I say two reasons, two main reasons to do this. Um, A, it ensures that the song that you're doing is scriptural. You don't want to do a song that contradicts scripture or something that's not found in scripture. You want to stay away from singing those kinds of songs or that are doctrinally incorrect. They contradict the Bible or take it out of context. And we've dealt with that on the podcast before. Um, You can go back and listen to uh, an episode that I did entitled, Are We Singing Unscriptural Worship Songs? And I deal with how people take scriptures out of context and create worship songs around them and then sing them. And it's a mistake. So match your song to scripture to ensure it is scriptural, number one. But number two, also do that because it gives you an exhortation point before you lead the song. So by by backing that song up with scripture or multiple scriptures, you know, you can you can actually exhort the congregation or encourage them from the scripture before you start the song. You know, um, Let's say, for example, you were doing a song on healing and, and you might say, you know, um, let's just lift our hands in the in the sanctuary. Today. Aren't you aren't you glad that the word of God declares that by his stripes we are healed and, and begin to exhort them and, and thank or thank God for the stripes that Christ took upon his back to ensure that healing would be a covenant right for all of God's children. And you just take maybe two minutes or so exhorting people on the wonderful power of redemption to bring healing to your physical body. And then you start in with the intro of the song and begin to lead it. And it, and it works because it's getting everybody into the mindset of what God has done for us. And, and it leads us smoothly into the song that we're about to sing. So match each song with 
scripture. That is so important. Match each song with scripture. It ensures the song is scriptural and it gives you um, fuel and ammunition to exhort the congregation before you lead the song. Number five, um, this, this, um, this one might make you nervous, but it needs to be done across the board pretty much everywhere. And that is stop relying on chord charts. Stop relying on chord charts. That's a, that's a practical tip, but understand what I'm saying here. Um, you, you've got to get away from having to pull your charts every time you do a set or, or whatever at church. Get away from charts. There's nothing wrong with using a chart when you're learning a song. You, we need that. Obviously, we want to know what chords we're supposed to be playing and all that, um, but learn the song. And, and internalize the song, you know, write it to your hard drive of your mind so that when you get into worship, that everyone on your stage doesn't have to have a music stand with the charts or an iPad that's scrolling the chords on the charts, get away from relying on charts. And the reason I say this is because number one, when you internalize the song, obviously you'll be able to play it much better and much more confidently. But number two if you're sitting there having to read a chart in order to play the song, it's actually taking you out of worship. You can't worship and focus on reading a chart at the same time. It just doesn't work like that. You've got to, and remember, your first job on that platform is to be a worshiper. You are leading others into worship. And so if you're not, if you've not internalized the content, then you're not able to engage in worship. You can't you know, it would be like saying, you know, can you worship God and read a book at the same time? Or can you interact with your husband or wife uh, successfully and read a book or read your phone at the same time? The answer is no. So if you're stuck on relying on your charts, then you're going to have a problem um, trying to trying to effectively worship. And you will be so much more confident and so much better at playing these songs once you've internalized them, once you have put them into your heart, your spirit, so that, and here's the other thing that, that's a benefit, is that when it's time to flow, let's say you're at the end of a service and your pastor um, starts doing ministry or he wants to minister to people, lay hands on people, pray for people, and he wants you to just go ahead and worship with the team, and um, you know you might just turn to your team and say, hey, we're going to do this song. And you want to go right into it. And you don't have, nobody has time to search through their books and pull the charts out. Everybody can just jump right in with you and start worshiping on that song right off the bat. So stop relying on chord charts. Get them out. Learn the song in practice. If you need them in practice, that's fine. But then when you get to your live worship services, get rid of the charts and the books and all that, the iPads. You don't need it. Be better than a chord chart. Be better than a chord chart. Okay, number six. Um, this is a uh, this is huge. By the way, this is a big one. And maybe you've never even thought of this, but I would encourage every church to do this. A minimum, a minimum of every six months, and that is. Pay for a sound tune-up. Pay for a sound tune-up. Um, 
if you're a smaller church that can't afford to put a professional sound man on staff that's running your sound and, and, and stuff like that, please trust me on this. Go to Guitar Center and have them suggest somebody that runs live sound or, you know, or, or call a local company that does live concerts and, and, you know, rents out backline equipment for concerts and stuff and have a sound technician that is a professional come into your church either during a, a practice or a live service, you know, once every six months at a minimum and have them come in and re EQ your room, you know, uh, they can play pink noise and white noise and brown noise, and they can find the, you know, the um, frequencies in your sanctuary. If you find yourself getting a lot of feedback, uh, you know, if you're hitting certain keys on the keyboard or guitar, singing certain notes and starting to feed back in your room, you have frequency problems. Uh, You may have never been taught this. You may have never heard this, but you have frequency problems that need to be properly equalized or EQ'd. And you need to be pulling those frequencies out of the room. I remember when we were in Virginia, we in, in that room, in that sanctuary, um, the I'm trying to even remember what frequency it was. I used to have it memorized, but it was the B flat below middle C, whatever frequency that, that comes out to. We had an issue with that B flat note below middle C. And, anytime, and, I, and the problem was I do a lot of songs in B flat. So if I would sing that note or if I would play it on the keyboard too heavily or whatever, it would start to overpower and it, and it would start to, uh, to build up in the room and, and create feedback. So obviously you have to go to, uh, you have to go to your EQ and you have to EQ that frequency and drop it. You have to drop the, the, the decibels of that frequency down so that you're not getting that feedback, but it's more than that. Um, with people that aren't professional sound men that think that all sound is is pushing faders up and down, uh, things get screwed up over a six month period. And you're you're you know I've been in churches. You go in, the sounds extremely muddy. They don't have proper high end. Uh, you know, stuff is really really hollow, or you know it, it's really tinny. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of problems that can happen. Uh, and the best way to get this fixed is to just have a guy come in that's a professional. And to reset it up, re-EQ, remix the room, all that stuff, um, and and give give your sound men tips or tell them some things they need to be doing. But this is worth every penny that you will pay because in a church service, outside of the anointing, the sound is the most important thing because if they can't hear your message, they can't respond to your message. So the sa- nothing can distract more quickly than, than bad sound. So I want to encourage you. You know, if you have to run it by your pastor, let him listen to this episode and understand that good sound, quality sound is going to enhance everything you do at your church. Um, you know, it just it just needs to be done. It needs to be done. So pay for a sound tune-up. All right, so number one, pray in the Holy Ghost. Number two, get your team on a click. Number three, get your team onto stems. Number four, match every song with scripture. Number five, stop relying on charts. Number six, pay for a sound tune-up. Number seven, get your team to Worship Summit. We provide a powerful worship conference every year 
right here in South Florida. This year, it's going to be taking place May the 7th through the 10th. That's a Tuesday through a Friday. And we're providing for you 18 absolutely free sessions to enhance your team, to teach you, to give you practical things, spiritual things, um, 18 sessions for your team, absolutely free. It costs you nothing to come to the conference. Um, it's right here in Margate, Florida at Abundant Life Church, and it will change your team. It'll change your life. It'll take you higher. And uh, so I want to encourage you, get your team to Worship Summit. You can check out all the information at southeastworship.com. That's southeastworship.com. We have all the details that you need right on the site. If you have any questions, you can send us a message, but sign up, register, get your team prepared. I promise you, you will leave on another level. Last year was the first one we ever did, and it was so wonderful. I was so happy to see people being changed supernaturally by what what they were getting at the conference. And uh, this year's coming up quick. We're literally, what are we, four months away, five months away? from uh, from Worship Summit. So I encourage you, go to southeastworship.com, register your team, and make plans to be with us. See, here's the thing. You have to invest in your team if you want to go to another level. You've got to invest in them. You've got to invest in yourself. And uh, I personally believe that this is going to be one of the premier worship conferences in the United States that's going to not just incorporate practical things, but is teaching people how to get into the flow of the Holy Spirit, to rely on the flow of the Holy Spirit, and to stay Pentecostal in your praise and worship and and believe for the power of God to shake people's lives through praise and worship. And uh, we definitely want to see you there. I'm excited to get to it. I can't wait for it to come. And we want you to be there. So join us for Southeast Worship Summit. Register your teams. We also have stuff for sound teams, tech teams, lighting teams, tracks for everybody this year. So you're not going to want to miss it. May the 7th through the 10th, 2019. Okay, moving on. The other thing that I want to talk about quickly is the importance of planning your transitions. Okay. Plan your transitions. This is tip number eight. Plan your transitions. What do I mean by that? Well, here's the thing. When you're in a worship service, one of the most awkward moments that can happen is the transition from uh, song to song or from song to someone coming up to do the announcements or someone finishing the announcements and going back to a song or final song into pastor taking the mic to preach or starting the service properly. Anytime there's a transition, it it somehow in many churches just becomes a very awkward moment. And uh, the way to get around this and away from it is to properly plan your transitions. And you say, well, I don't want to do that. It seems like there would be like no Holy Ghost leading. Well, you know, it's it's there's nothing wrong with planning. In fact, one of the greatest one of the greatest phrases they ever gave us when I was in Bible school is this: plan or prepare like there's no Holy Ghost, and minister like there's nothing but Holy Ghost. So it's not wrong to plan. It's not wrong to prepare things. It's just wrong 
that when the Holy Spirit begins to lead you away from your plan, you prioritize the plan over the Holy Spirit. And so I don't care what he's leading me to do. This is what we've already planned. That's what's wrong. Not flowing with the Holy Spirit, or as the Bible calls it, quenching the Holy Spirit. You've got to let him do what he wants to do. You've got to follow his lead. But there's nothing wrong with preparing, and there's certainly nothing wrong with planning. And I would encourage you to plan your transitions. You know, how are you going to go? As I was talking about earlier, where you can uh, you can plan those exhortations based upon the scriptures that go with your songs. So maybe you, and, and let me say this as well, practice these transitions at your practices. Practice them at your practices. If you've got your tech team with you and you've got some sort of a video that you're going to roll uh, before the pastor comes up, practice going out of your last song into the video and practice coming out of the video and then if you're playing background music or whatever as the pastor's coming up, practice all those transitions. Make sure they're tight. Make sure they're not awkward. Make sure there's not 45 seconds of dead space while somebody's trying to figure out what in the world's supposed to be happening. What are we doing next? Practice and plan these transitions. You know, if you've got something you're going to say, maybe your church is in a theme, maybe your church is in a series, uh, whatever, and you're going to open up the service, uh, you know what you're going to say to open up the service. You're going into the first song. You know how you're going to address the congregation before the service starts. Tell them, you know, if you're going to tell them, stand on their feet, put your hands together. How many are ready for this powerful conclusion to the series today that pastor's bringing this great word? Whatever you're going to say. Go into your first song. As the first song ends, you already have a transition ready to go. You know what you're going to say. It's not awkward. And also, this plays into getting rid of the chord charts. I can't tell you how many services I've been to at churches where they finish their song and then they need 45 seconds for everybody to shuffle the papers around on their uh, music stand to all get ready for the next song. And then everybody stares at the drummer to wait for the click off for the next song, blah, blah, blah. And it's just awkward. It's really, really, really awkward. And it takes people out of a moment of worship. So all these things build together to plan the transitions and to create smooth transitions so that you can flow from one thing to the next. And uh, it will really, really take your worship to another level. Finally, number nine, the last tip to easily take your worship to the next level is synchronize yourself with your pastor's vision synchronize yourself with your pastor's vision. One of the things, you know, and and I don't know if you're on staff full time at the church as the music director, if you're in a volunteer position, but find a way to either get in on these planning meetings or just having somebody update you to what pastor's vision is for the upcoming months. Maybe you have a series coming up and you wanted to start planning these songs Start incorporating the songs that are going to assist in the series or what your pastor's vision is or what he's preaching on. Um, and, you know, if you're if if you have it set up this way, you know, allow your pastor to uh, approve these songs or say, you know, maybe he suggests some ask for his input. Say, Pastor, uh, I know you're going into this series. Are there any songs in your spirit? that you've been listening to that have uh, helped you as you're planning or preparing this series, any songs you'd like us to do that would assist you in, in the series you're going into, whatever it is, synchronize yourself with your pastor's vision. See, you, God placed your pastor uh, in that church to lead the body of Christ in that church. So he's the lead. And when God speaks to him, he's got the word from the Lord. So you've got to get your marching orders from the leader. 
and synchronize yourself to what he wants to do and what the Lord has shown him. So if that means getting uh, suggestions for songs from him, um, having him approve the songs that you want to put with the series, whatever it is, but do everything you can to assist your pastor in carrying out his vision for the body of Christ. It will help you in a massive, massive way. And you'll start to see the, the unity once again. We're talking about unity. You'll see that unity go to another level as you have made it your business to assist your pastor in every way that you can um, by synchronizing your spirit with his and finding out what God wants. So let's run back through these again. If you were taking notes, if you were just, uh, if, if you want a just good quick list-based setup of this title, here we go. The nine easy ways to take your worship to the next level. Number one, start your practices and before every service, praying in the Holy Spirit. Number two, get your teams onto a click track or a percussion track. And once they've gotten good enough on that, that they can do it with ease or they're doing it you know, pretty, pretty well, then get your teams into backing tracks or start incorporating stems into your worship. That's number three, incorporate stems into your worship. Number four, match every song that you're doing to scripture. It ensures the song is scriptural and gives you exhortation points before you lead the song. Number five, stop relying on chord charts. Stop relying on chord charts. It, it, holds you back. It holds you back. Number six, get your team to worship summit this year, May the 7th through the 10th. We want to see you there. We have so much to pour into your team, so much to give you. Make it your yearly staple to be at worship summit. Number seven, pay once, at least once every six months for a sound tune-up in your church. Have somebody professional come in and work with your sound work with the sound. Number eight, plan your transitions so that it's never awkward. And number nine, sync with your pastor's vision. I believe with you that this year is going to be a year where you will, without question, go to another level in your worship and with your church, with your team. And I want to take a minute to pray for every one of you that are listening, that God would give you a hunger to continue to increase in everything you do for the kingdom. Father, in Jesus' name, we know that it is your desire that we increase steadily. But I'm asking you now, give us a hunger like we've never had to go to the next level in everything that we do for your kingdom in Jesus' name. Lord, anoint us in a new way this year by the power of your spirit. We thank you for that. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for listening again. Again, let me hear from you. I want to hear uh, what you're setting up as goals for your team, for your worship team, for your uh, tech team, lighting team. Let me know where you find the biggest obstacles um, with your practices, with your worship. I want to hear from you. What do you find are some of the biggest obstacles for you, for your musicians, your singers? And, uh, and let's talk about it. I love you guys. Don't forget until next week, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I'll talk to you soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com.